Hello and welcome to another episode of the Richmond Bigfooty Tigercast. I'm your host Michaels, and we're uh, coming off one of our first loss since about August in 2017. So it's a bit of a bit of a sad state of affairs here, having to deal with a loss. It's foreign territory for us Tiger fans, but I'm sure we'll push through. Um, tonight we've got two brand new guests on the show. Um, the first guest coming on coached Josh Kennedy from the West Coast Eagles in junior basketball. Uh, he was played up a couple of grades and was always the small shy kid who uh, they had to try and get a score each week just to give him the charity baskets. Hank Heavenly, welcome to the show. G'day gentlemen, how are we all? Going well. So young Josh Kennedy, was he? did he ever sort of show any good signs of being any good at basketball at all or was it, it was just no good? No, it's not that he was no good, he was just too small. So uh, I was a relatively relatively young kid uh, coaching the grade below me and um, Josh was about three years younger than all those kids so uh, coming from Northampton there's three or four boys in the correct age group and none around his age group that were playing basketball so they all came down together and uh, yeah he was tiny and you look at him now you wouldn't believe it but um, he was a ripping young kid but uh, quite shy being the youngest of the bunch but uh, no he always had the coordination and that sort of stuff just when he was uh, so small, it was always difficult to show it in that grade. Yeah, well, he's definitely pushed on to bigger and better things. And like you said, <laughs> he's, he's hard, doing okay. Yeah, hard to imagine him being small and shy, given the size of him now. And our second guest has shared a uni class with Tom Libertoro, but has never met him because Tom never shows up. Shadow Thorne, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing? Going well, thank you. So you've never met the great man, but uh, his name is on the list. No, yeah, I've, I've never met him. I've got his uh, student email address. Um, we'll, share, um, we'll share that at the end of the yeah. episode and we'll send a few emails <laughs> out. <laughs> um, yeah, I actually didn't know who he was at the time um, when I heard that he was in the class. It was mentioned that this guy Tom plays for the Western Bulldogs and I didn't pay much attention to opposition teams at the time. Um, and then by the end of the year, he was a premiership player. Well, well probably fair enough reason to not show up to the class either. Imagine him just walking in with the medal around his neck. That, that would have caused a bit of a stir. Yeah, that would have been interesting. So, all right, we'll, uh, we'll start off with getting to know a little bit more about you both. So, Hank, I'll start with you. How did you become a Richmond supporter, and what was your favourite grand final moment? Uh, yeah, so I grew up in country WA back in the days when there was the waffle in the VFL. So um, my old man, his country footy team were the Tigers. So he was, uh, we were instrumental supporters, and... Uh, he was a Tiger supporter in the VFL and I always liked to cause a little bit of a, a challenge when I was a little kid. So um, when the West Coast Eagles joined in, we were family friends with the Mainwarings and the Rensteads and newer food people, but I liked to be a bit different. So I thought, bugger it, I'll stick with Richmond. And for 20-odd years, I thought it was the worst decision of my life. But uh, Grand Final Day, happy as Larry. And uh, I suppose my favourite my favorite moment on Grand Final Day was Hooley's goal in the first quarter we kicked one with Caddy, so a great run on the board. But Hooley's just, I think, signalled to all of us, well, to me in particular, that, hey, we're actually in for it today. We're not going to get stage fright. And if we do, if we play our best, well, win, lose, or draw, I know we're going to compete. So for me, plus I still think that roar for that goal was the loudest on the day. So uh, that's how I started, and that was my most enjoyable moment on Grand Final Day. Very good. It was a very big moment for us. And Shadow, yourself, how did you become a Tiger supporter, and what was your favourite Grand Final moment? Uh, I grew up in Adelaide. Um, my dad was a Richmond supporter. Uh, we went to a few games. My first memory of Richmond was probably when we beat Port Adelaide and he accidentally hit me in the head with his elbow. Um, 
but I didn't pay too much attention to the footy um, when I was a young kid. Um, but then in 2009, I was diagnosed with cancer. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people probably noticed in the corner hotel, there's a thread, let's fly Darth and his young bloke over for a game this year. Um, so I'm Darth Tiger's young bloke. Um, and the Richmond Big Footy Board raised two grand for us to come over and watch the Tigers get slaughtered by Collingwood and Sydney. Um, <laughs> and I've been a Richmond fan ever since. It's a baptism of fire, but no, that, that yeah. is a great thread to read, actually. So if anyone does get the chance to read it, it just the the amount of support shown was just unbelievable. Yeah, it was incredible. Um, and yeah, locked me into a Tiger for life. And we moved to Adelaide, uh, moved to Melbourne about five years ago, and I've been to pretty much every home game since then. Very good. And your favourite grand final moment? Um, probably after the game, actually. I was there with my dad and my two younger brothers, um, and i got a shocking long-term memory, but I'll never forget calling my girlfriend, who's now my wife, um, and she was at Punt Road because we couldn't get her a ticket, and the singing was so loud, couldn't hear her on the phone, even though I had the speaker on, it was right up to my ear. But just having that connection through the phone line, even if we couldn't hear each other, was just something to remember. Oh, very good. It's a shame, yeah, shame you couldn't sneak her in. Yeah, I know. Should have had her waiting outside and then, you know, the um, the Adelaide fans leaving could have given her a, tic- given her a, ticket. a ticket. Yeah, exactly right. Would have been nice of them. Anyway, we'll, uh, we'll push off. We'll kick off with the roast and toast. Um, so this week, Hank, you're in charge of the roast. What have you got for us? Yeah, it's the, the easiest and the obvious. It's the, uh, the Aussie cricket team. Uh Look, look, I'm all for competitive players and all that sort of stuff, and I've been prone to run a bit of lip when I've played a bit of footy and basketball over time. So, and I have absolutely problems with our guys dishing it out, but, but what I can't stand is our footy-la-la attitude when it comes back. Uh, and then the leadership group, or whatever you want to call them, the captain and the vice-captain throwing a young kid under the bus because they're worried about getting caught themselves is nearly the worst thing you can do in a team sport. And in my opinion, they nearly deserve everything that's coming their way. I get Smith's heartfelt apology and Bancroft's as well. I still think Warner doesn't think he's done anything wrong and I can't stand the bloke. Um, but to be truthful, whether they're sad and upset and remorseful, becomes irrelevant because for years they've carried on, they've put themselves in this position and they, knew they need to deal with the consequences no matter how ugly they are. So yeah, I'm not a rap for the Australian cricket team. Yeah, I was really surprised that they even thought they could get away with it. I mean, with the amount of technology and cameras that are around these days, it was always going to get spotted. Um, yeah, I'm I'm sort of in the camp that I think that David Warner was probably the the big one behind it. But yeah, there, there's no place in Australian sport for, and, for and cheating. He, he, he knew they'd get caught, which is exactly why he got Bancroft to do it. And that's the part you just don't throw mates under the bus, especially the youngest and least experienced, who basically. He's in a position where he can't say no because, hey, then my spot in the Australian team might be in jeopardy. So, yeah, it's just a big no-no. Absolutely. Um, I kind of also think that the punishments of 12 months might have been a bit excessive. I think six or seven might have been okay. It just sets a really dangerous precedent. But I know they want to send a strong message out. Um, but when you look at other other players who have been caught from other countries, and I know every country runs their, their own race differently, but yeah, I thought maybe 12 months could have been a little bit over the top potentially. Look, I'm, I'm actually happy with it, given that most of that's going to be their off-season. Like, through the winter yeah. sports, we have a massive break in the international calendar. Um, so realistically, from it's not the cricket season in Australia is not from it's from October onwards. So from now to October, the next four or five months, they're not really missing out. I mean, yes, they can't train 
in the group environment and that sort of stuff. But as individuals in a team sport, they can practice their craft with friends or what have you. Um, so I'm, I'm actually, to be honest, I thought they nearly got off light because they both technically be available for the next Ashes series and for the next World Cup, which are our two big assignments. And they probably don't care about missing a home test series. That's not the Ashes. So I'm okay with it, to be truthful. I'm, I think Bancroft's is a bit harsh. Uh, but the other two, I, I think, are, are okay, if not even a little bit soft. Fair enough. And Shadow, you've got the toast for this week. What have you got for us? Yeah, there wasn't much to toast about the game on Thursday, but my toast is to Trent Cotchin. Uh, even though he didn't play a great game, um, he definitely deserves it after his 200th. You know, he's been um, captain for as long as I've been regularly going to games. And after he's copped so much criticism, you know, he's played 200 games, won a Brownlow, and he's a premiership captain. Yeah, I mean, there's not much more else to say about him. Um, he's really sort of transfer- transformed himself into a very, very good and consistent player. And I'm not totally sure if he should have played last week, given what he'd been through. Um, but you look at his final series in 2017, and without doubt, he was one of our most important players. He just set the bar. Um, and he's just he's found his role within the team, and we've obviously got the players in to support him as well. So he, hopefully he keeps going from strength to strength. Definitely. And the fact that he holds the club records for career tackles and clearances just says it all about his work work. I still feel like that he's almost underrated by a lot of people externally to Richmond. I know that sounds silly, but because, you know, it's all about Dusty, I guess, and Rant as the key defender and Jack up forward, Koch kind of, I still feel like sometimes goes under the radar a little bit. Yeah, and Dimmer um, brings that up in press conferences when they ask him how, how good was Dusty, and he goes, you know, well, what about Trent? He was great too. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Okay, we'll push on to the review of the round two game versus Adelaide. I haven't got the autopsy thread of the player thread of the year votes updated, um, but I know for a fact that Dusty got uh, the five, so I'm tipping he's going to be ahead on ten votes. But I'll, I'll get an update on that next week. So the round two game versus the Crows, Adelaide 18-10-118, defeated Richmond 12-10-82. Our goal kickers, we had Dusty with five, Caddy with three, Bolton, Edwards, Lambert and Townsend with one each. Uh, Shadow, I'll start with you. Where was the game won and lost? I thought the whole team looked off from the start. Um, Jack Rebott in particular, I noticed he was uh, going, lining up for a shot and I just looked at him and thought he didn't look right. Um, can't say that about the whole team, obviously, but a few of our stars, I reckon... Just, yeah, off from the start. Um, and obviously, you know, the contested possessions. Negative, what is it, 45? That's just not good enough. And they need to work harder. Yeah, we got smashed there. And Hank, what about yourself? Where Did you see any standout performances from us at all? Or was it they were all pretty below par? Oh, well, it's a bit hard to knock Dusty's five goals in a midfield role. That's pretty standard. Well, we say it's pretty standard, but it's outstanding in isolation. Um, now, look, I think... We seem to get outnumbered at the contest more often than not, which probably shows with the contested ball count. And what it eventually meant is we weren't able to apply uh, pressure on their ball carrier, so allowed them to have too many uncontested marks. So I don't think we were working hard enough to get to the contest, which then broke down our biggest strength, which is our pressure on the ball carrier. So uh, we were chasing tail too, too often and you know trying to push up to a, a footy that was an uncontested mark. So they take the mark, they go back, and we can't apply the pressure. I just think we're outworked. Adelaide worked harder than us, which is disappointing because that's what won us our, our final series last year. 
yeah, they definitely did work harder. Uh, and I thought we were almost going to catch them there at the end when we got within nine points. And unfortunately, one of the key moments was Asprey's kick across goal that he absolutely sliced and Tex Walker come in and slotted the goal. I think that was a bit of a momentum killer. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, and Tex is, Tex is a big fairy, but to his credit, he, he kicked four and he didn't do much, but four goals as a forward is all you really need to ask. I reckon the other key moment of the game for me, though, was Josh Caddy's uh, report. Um, you know, I can't remember who was reported at the time or not, but when a player goes down, you kind of know, and he was having a massive influence in the game, and I don't know whether it was on, you know, a mental thing from him or not, but he, he just seemed to drift out of the game from there. I don't know if it was because he went forward and we didn't get it down there, but he was having a massive influence in my eyes, and after that moment, uh, it just, he just seemed to, to fade out of the contest. Yeah, he didn't seem the same. Uh, were there any other key moments for you, Shadow? Um, just a personal one, probably when I said that I love watching Josh Jenkins kick for goal because it's comedy gold, and then he proceeded to kick five. <laughs> uh, when he got when he was getting a hold of Alex Rance early on, I thought, oh, that that kind of for me set the tone about what the night was going to be all about. I mean, he he was just all over him. It was unbelievable. Yeah, to Rance's credit, he bounced back in the second half, but probably a bit too late. It was a little bit too late, but yeah, I mean, I I think we all probably felt that in the second half he was going to come out better than uh, the first half, kind of like what he did against Port Adelaide. But yeah, yeah it was yeah. it was scary to see um, Jenkins taking the task. We'll push on to the the man you just mentioned before, Hank Josh Caddy. Um, it was kind of yeah, I mean, I had this topic written in to speak about because of how well he's been playing, and then he goes out and gets suspended. But we'll push on with it anyway. Um, Hank, I'll start with you. How have you rated Josh Caddy and the recruiting of him to the club? Uh, yeah, fantastic. Um, look, with new players, it always takes a little while to get used to, you know, blokes, they turn left or they turn right, or they normally handball in this position. So actually getting used to playing with your players can be quite difficult, but I thought he actually adapted the best out of the three key recruits from last year. Um, I do think he's dropped a bit away. He looks to be more mobile this year, and I think his influence already in the first two games has been outstanding. And, um, you know, he's got a bit of... Got a bit of grunt about him. You want to say the rude word, but clearly we can't. But, you know, he's actually one bloke who's not afraid to go in, give a bit of lip, show a bit of toughness for his teammates. And I actually think that's an area we've we've probably been been lacking before bringing him to the club. Um, But he actually does things that matter. Like, he he does give Cochin time and space by, you know, blocking here, using his body, doing a bit of grunt work. And he hits the scoreboard. So, realistically, the price we paid for him, you couldn't ask for any more. And I actually think he's getting better. So... I think it's a fantastic job getting into the club. And Shadow, would you rather see him spend more time in the midfield or up forward, or do you think we've got the balance pretty much right? Um, I think over the last couple of weeks with Prestia out, I would have liked to see him move more midfield, probably have the majority of the game there. Um, especially now that both he and Townsend are in the side, they play kind of the similar role, probably could have covered him up forward. Um yeah, um, but I reckon, you know, if Townsend keeps his form up and he can stay on the side, I'd like to see Caddy move more to the midfield. Yeah, and it, it's funny because we've got a, a close mate who's a Geelong supporter and he was texting us during the last couple of weeks saying, who is this Josh Caddy? Um, he, <laughs> he's just really transformed into such a good player and I think a lot of Geelong people are secretly a little bit dirty about it. But yeah, I, I think he's Did he kick three goals in round one as well? I think he might have. Yeah, I believe so. 
uh, yeah, he's just hitting the scoreboard really well. And, and like you said, Hank, dropping the weight and he's just become a lot more mobile and agile. And I love the fact that he flies the flag, flag for us, especially even you look at the grand final when Lee was getting stuck into towns and Caddy was the first one over to, to step in and remonstrate. Um, he's been so important to us structurally. How are we going to cope without him this week, Hank? Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I, I actually uh, probably it depends on what role. So if Prestia comes in, we probably don't need to cover him in the midfield as much as what he's potentially had to cover there in the first two weeks. Um, as much as Townsend's been a godsend since he come in, I generally think we've been lacking that bailout kick if Jack's not there. I actually wouldn't mind seeing young Callum Moore come in. He is quite athletic, quick, can apply the forward pressure. His goal kicking is a slight worry, but um, the fact he's actually, yeah, flies for marks. I think that's the part when he doesn't need to take them. You know, we have the Mosquito fleet that's based around getting to the front and square of a contested um, ball, but he's just got to make the contest. And I think sometimes when we're being pressured by our opposition, we haven't had the bailout kick if Jack's not there. And I reckon, uh, I reckon Cal Moore might be the man to, to do that for us. Yeah, absolutely. Um and Shadow, the suspension itself, what did you make of the incident? And did you think it was reportable um, or do you think we should have maybe appealed it? Um, I don't know. I, I agree with um, what a lot of people have been discussing lately and that um, it seems to be that if there's a concussion, you're gone. And if they're going to do that consistently, I'm fine with it. Um, but as long as it's not a – he's a Richmond player, he gets a week, then it's all right. Yeah, it's it's really hard because I agree that if once you get concussed, you're pretty much gone for all money. But what I suppose is confusing, I guess, is they're saying that that incident was identical to Douglas the week before who ran past the ball and knocked a bloke. Uh, one's a football acting when you're trying to spoil the ball and the other one, there was no intention for the football. And I've had this gripe with the MRP for years now that they still punish the outcome as opposed to the intent Unfortunately, footy is a contact sport and things happen. And I understand you don't want people knocked out. But if it's a football act, I think sometimes common sense needs to be involved. But like you said, as long as they're consistent, there's not much we can do. But yeah, if they start changing the rules, I'll be pretty annoyed. Yeah, exactly. Okay, we'll push on to the the round three banner inspired by Cotcher's King. So there's, there's been a couple of good ones this week. Um, I'm not sure if you two had any ready, but I had one that I wrote down the other day. So for our banner this week against the Hawks, I would have, we're the biggest team in the country now, our membership number grows day by day. Watch the Hawks members' numbers spike once they stop paying Vickery 500k. <laughs> Very sharp. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, honestly, who would pay Vickery 500k? I mean, that's just ridiculous. It's baffling. It is. Uh, did, did either of you have one for this round? Um, yeah, I've got one. Go on. Uh you thought you were a giant, but then the tiger awoke. Our 85,000 make you minnows, and your pet memberships are a joke. Yeah, very good. Yeah, there's been a lot of conjecture about their memberships being yeah, very much on the pet side of things as opposed to the real ones. Uh, yeah, I, I had a little one ready to go, uh, and I'm not good with these little rhyming things as normal, so uh, all I had was poos and wees might get the freeze, but yellow and black are going back to back. That's straight to the point as well. Not very good. No, I, I like the I like the theme everyone's gone with there. Well, the other one was the easy. The other one was the easy dig to have at Jeff Kennedy about buying more memberships, but Shadow sort of covered that anyway, so he's done a great job. 
Yeah, I, I thought about going down the Jeff Kennett path, but I wasn't sure how to work it in. So I, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad Shadow alluded to it with his one, though, because that, yeah, that covered for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, speaking of the, the round three game against the Hawks, we'll get into the preview of it. Um, th- for me personally, this is probably the biggest game almost in my entire life, even probably bigger than the grand final. And I know that sounds like a big thing to say, but my wife's currently 20 weeks pregnant and she's a mad Hawthorne supporter and the winner of this game will be who the child supports. So I'm just praying that, yeah, the boys get the job done. So there's a hell of a lot on the line for me this week. Um, Shadow, I'll get your general thoughts on the game. How do you think the boys are going to go this week? Yeah, um, I think Hawthorne are going to be a lot better side than last year. Already they've won their first two, um, and I can definitely see them pushing for the top eight. So this is definitely a game that we're going to have to be better than the last two weeks. Um, yeah, I think but our defence is a lot stronger than Geelong's, and we should be able to restrict the Hawthorne forwards. I think we can at least match them there. Um, but I, yeah, I think it'll be a close game. Yeah, I was kind of thinking the same thing. I was at the Hawthorne-Geelong game tonight, and Hawthorne's forwards, I think, are very dangerous. But like you said, the Geelong backline wasn't the greatest. I mean, they had Zach Guthrie on roughhead for most of the time, and that's a complete mismatch. Um, so, yeah, we have to be wary. And I don't think our backmen are going to play as bad as they did against Adelaide again. I know Rance is going to be out for retribution, um, but hopefully getting uh, Nick Vlosten back will help with that. Um, Hank, what about you? What about your thoughts on the game? Yeah, watching today, I think the, the only way Hawthorne scores is when it's nearly coast-to-coast uh, movement, when they have free run, open run with overlapping numbers. Uh, they seem to obviously score quite easily, which sounds common, but um, I noticed when Geelong were able to set up behind the footy and put a bit of frontal pressure on, they really stagnated. And you're right, Shadow's right, their, their back line, Hawthorne's back line, it looks really weak. Um, they do have the potential to score heavily, but again, if they can't get the ball out of that area in a nice, smooth, sweeping fashion, they seem to not be able to transition it through. Look, Tom Mitchell's going to get his hands on it plenty of time, and it might be hard to stop him. But you just need to make sure that he's not putting the footy in the hands to someone who's out and running like an Isaac Smith, which allows them to transition the ball easily. So if we can stop their swift ball movement, which sounds easy, it's not, um, but I think that'll go a hell of a long way to stopping them scoring. Uh, and I think we'll score heavily at the other end, so... The one thing that stood out for me today with Hawthorne was they were very efficient by foot, um, kind of going back to what they were like during their three-peat years. They, yeah, they were just hitting targets everywhere. They were making those 45-degree angle kicks, which opened the game right up. So we have to make sure our pressure is, is on point this week. I don't think Geelong really offered a lot of pressure, um, so that's why they were allowed to slice them up a bit more. But our pressure's been down the last couple of weeks, so if we don't bring that, they'll they'll go right through us. Um, they're big forwards, so you've got Gunston and Roughhead. Are they going to be big players to have to try and stop Shadow, or, or do you think we're just going to rotate our defenders through them? Is there any particular matchups you'd want to see? Yeah, I think um, last week we definitely got stretched a bit thin with um, both Jenkins and Tex playing well, and obviously Rance having a poor first half. And I think this is definitely where we're missing Broad. His height is probably very underrated. Um, but I think... Rance and Asprey will bounce back and we'll be able to cover the two tolls. Yeah, absolutely. We, we were stretched a little bit and uh, I think I said the same thing to a friend the other day about Broad. You're right, you don't realise how much we actually missed him until we really needed him. I, and it was compounded a bit with Lost and Out as well, that we just couldn't cover both of them not being there. 
But now we'll push on to some other key matchups. And you mentioned here for Hank, Isaac Smith, uh, he's one of their biggest runners. He's always overlapping and trying to get in a space going forward. I've got I've written down that Camden McIntosh might be one to go to him, but who do you think would be the best matchup for Isaac Smith? No, look, it's probably right because uh, irrelevant of his height, Camden's probably our hardest our hardest runner. Um, you with uh, Ellis Brandon Ellis, that is playing down back. He, he used to be out in the wing and probably could match him for for running capacity. But I think I think it's Camden's job, and I think Camden can actually play a more defensive role. Um, Camden's been fantastic with his work throughout the first two games, and his disposal has let him down, unfortunately. But it's not through it's not through lack of effort, it's not through lack of work rate. So I think he would be our man just to, to sit out on Isaac and just run with him all day, and he has the capacity to do so. And do you reckon Camden's the likely player who, who can hurt him the other way, Shadow? Is that going to be the instruction to him? Um, yeah, I think so. Um, I, I think he was, obviously, with his disposal last week, he was quite poor, and obviously all our premiership players aren't going to be at the top form probably ever again um, all at the same time. I've got Smith winning this matchup, but if Camden comes back to his best form, he can definitely win it and hurt both ways. And the second matchup I want to look at is Dustin Martin versus Daniel Howe. Now, I don't think Howe gets a lot of credit that he deserves for Hawthorne, but he pretty much goes to the opposition number one midfielder each week. He, he does a pretty good job. Um, I remember he roughed Martin up a little bit last year, and we turned into a bit of an undisciplined team. So I, I think that could be a big matchup that's going to really dictate the outcome of the game. How do you see that one panning out, Hank? Yeah, I, 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 I just get the feeling that Clarkson might try something different. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised to see how actually stand next to Cochin for most of the game. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they're potentially happy to let uh, Tom Mitchell and Dustin Martin go head-to-head and see who can be the most damaging. And to Tom Mitchell's credit, he's actually starting to uh, get the footy moving forward uh, more than I thought he did last year, so his disposals are becoming more effective. Uh, and they'll rely on someone manning him up down back uh, when Martin drifts forward. So I think that they'll play that purely as a, as a centre centre-line matchup, and I wouldn't be surprised how moves across to Cochin, and when Cochin's been down the, f- the first couple of weeks, we've, we've struggled in the midfield a little bit, so uh, even with Dusty being dominating, so I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, yeah, Clarkson tries a little bit of different tack there. And Shadow, Dustin Martin going forward, I think, is going to be a big weapon for us, especially watching Stratton sort of out at sea a little bit with Dangerfield tonight. Is that going to be a bit of a go-to move for us, do you think, to try and isolate Dusty deep? Yeah, I think he'll start off playing mid, and if Howe's getting the better of him, uh, we can definitely swing him forward, and he's been a monster up forward the first two games. Um, just incredible, and no one can stop him down there. He's so versatile, and we, we get to really see what um, Dim has been talking about with his overhead marking, and hopefully we can see a bit of that as well, especially with Caddy out. And this could be the only reason why he doesn't spend a lot of time down for is because of the caddy factor, depending on who comes in, because we still need to win the inside ball. Uh, but we'll get to the possible changes shortly. But if we don't get on top of that, we've kind of got no choice but to play Dusty in the middle. So hopefully we can find good balance and, and get him isolated. The other matchup, which I think is going to be a hell of a fiery contest, assuming that Sicily doesn't get suspended, is Townsend versus James Sicily. Uh, I'm not sure if anyone else saw it, but... In the contest today, he was he tackled Joel Selwood and then Selwood wouldn't let him run away and then he dropped the knee into him a couple of times. Might get sided, it might not. Um, but Sicily had a bit of a, a bad game today, so I'm tipping he's going to bounce back. 
Townsend is, is our go-to man, I guess, to shut down the intercept markers for the opposition. How do you see that one playing out, Hank? Yeah, I, I did see the kneeing incident on Selwood, funnily enough, from the telly. So it'd be interesting to see. It might just be one of those ones that come back as a fine. Uh, look, I really rate Sicily. I think he's fantastic. Uh, you know, he does go a little bit too far, lose the plot from time to time. But a player who, who plays with a bit of white line fever, is aggressive, is confident, slash cocky, whatever you want to call it, uh, he's really damaging and important. And the, the point I made earlier about Hawthorne's ball movement from half-back, he's a fantastic ball user. So if we're stopping one or two of their half-backs and him being one of them, um, that, that's going to be a major role for Townsend to shut him down. He did good jobs against you know, Carlisle from St Kilda late last year and played that role on Lever in the grand final. And look, he's, he's good for doing it and he's hitting the scoreboard. Uh, he probably needs to get the footy in his hands a bit more for Sicily to actually show him respect. I don't think Sicily will do that. He'll just keep taking off left, right and centre. Um, but Townsend won't take a backward step. Sicily's an aggressive little ant. It'll be a fantastic contest. And Shadow, do we reckon that um, Townsend's just going to niggle him to try and draw free kicks? Because Sicily's going to snap. He's going to have a brain fade if Townsend does that all game. Yeah, it certainly wouldn't surprise me. I think if Sicily plays, these two guys are going to absolutely kill each other. Um, you know, Towner doesn't take any of any of the pushing around, as we saw with um, Lever in the grand final. Um, and yeah, I could definitely see him pushing Sicily, trying to get the easy ones. That's going to be worth the price of admission alone to watch those two go at it. Yeah, for sure. And the last matchup I want to talk about is, uh, I know you touched on him before, Hank, but Tom Mitchell, he's obviously a ball magnet. He's got another 40 disposals again today. Uh, and our sort of go-to player to shut down the best midfielders has typically been Jack Graham, who's done a pretty good job so far. But it kind of feels like that no matter who's been put on to Tom Mitchell, he, he's always found a way to find the footy. I'm still not convinced he's overly damaging, but he puts his teammates in the damaging positions, which can be just as bad. But do you reckon Jack Graham's going to go to Tom Mitchell? Um, yeah, I, I think he'll spend time on him, but I wouldn't be surprised if Prestia comes in, if Prestia takes the role, a bit like he did against Dane Zorko last year at Etihad. You know, Zorko is a, a, an accumulator, but very attacking, very, very aggressive. Uh, and Prestia beat him hands down, and I know people complain that what we gave up shouldn't be doing tagging roles. I, I don't call it tagging, I call it accountable. And I reckon... Prestia can be strong enough over the footy to be able to contest with Mitchell, but actually can be damaging enough heading the other way. And, and I, I also wonder whether the club are a little concerned about trying to put too many jobs and overload Jack Graham. But we forget he's, what, seven games into an, into a career. Uh, and I think they might be concerned about, you know, potentially having to burden him with playing on the, or trying to stop the, the opposition's best player or ball winner every single week. I think he'll go through him for sure, but I wouldn't be surprised if we try and you know, run him off, uh, run Mitchell the other way, and actually get some value from our, you know, the opponent who's playing against him. And and if he comes in, I think that could be Prestia. And Shadow, what are your thoughts on trying to stop Tom Mitchell? I'd actually like to see Lambert play on him. Um, he hasn't had a great couple of weeks. Um, Thursday he was a lot better than round one, but the bloke runs all day. He was still one of our top runners last week, and he's definitely got the endurance to keep up with Mitchell at the very least. Yeah, it's not a bad option, actually, because, yeah, Mitchell just is a gut runner. He just finds himself in a good position all the time. And Lambert's our best runner as well. So, yeah, that wouldn't be a bad matchup to go with. Yeah, and um, last year Lambert started... He, I think he's always been a bit of a slow starter um, at the start of the seasons, but 
last year we started giving him some tagging roles, and I think that's when he really started to find his form. And, and he does make oppositions hurt running the other way because he's very dangerous around goal as well. So that might not be a bad way to try and expose him. We'll push on to the possible changes for us, and there could be plenty this week based on our game last week. Uh, Hank, what possible changes do you foresee happening for the Tigers this week? Um, yeah, it's a pretty tough one because we've had, uh, you know, even our Carlton game, I don't think we performed extremely well, so I reckon we've had a couple of blokes who would be potentially looking over their shoulder. I'm not necessarily, I think the club are big for bulk changes. A caddy clearly goes out. Um, I think the three probably in the gun for me, uh, young Bolton, he looks like he can, you know, do the absolute miraculous, but, you know, a couple of times you watch him and he just, he just doesn't have the tank in there yet to continually apply that forward pressure and once, you know, one person that forward line drops off and lets out an easy target, I think the rest of the pressure has been, you know, uh, the pressure gauge has been let out because of that, so I'm concerned whether he'll hold his spot and i whether that's a Jack Higgins, whether he's ready or not, I'm not sure. Or, again, we, we go Callum, Mill, uh, Callum Moore sorry, to come in, not necessarily like for like. And the other couple probably, uh, everyone hands on the boards about it, but, you know, you've got Corey Ellis, you've got Reese Conker, who have both sort of been struggling. So, you know, whether we rip four changes and go all four of them out, I don't see it happening. Um, but I think our possible ends will be more uh, Prestia, I like Menendu, he's a possibility, and then again, if they want to go like for like with Bolton, then I, uh, Jack Higgins apparently started the VFL on fire on Saturday. Again, is he ready? I'm not sure. And Shadow, what about um, Anthony Miles? Where, where do you think we're situated with him? Um, up forward, I'd like to see more Shoal come in for Caddy, but if we want another midfielder up there, I think Miles could definitely fit in, especially if Presti is not ready. He seems like the uh, obvious choice. Um, he's, he's, I think, last year against Hawthorne, he played when Prestia was out as well. Um, he did all right in that game. Um, and hopefully we're expecting Tigger to come back as well. Yeah, he's going to be the big inclusion for me, yeah, if Lost and back in. But I just think if we're looking for someone to really extract the ball out to our users... Miles could be the one to come in, uh, and I still think we can play him and Prestia in the same team if we've got the right balance, but you don't want to lose the foot speed. And I agree with you, Hank, I would like to see Menadju come in, uh, but the other one who's probably putting his hand up is Sam Lloyd, but he could be a, an okay replacement from Caddy in the sense that he knows how to find the goals as well. Yeah, for the life for like, if, if we're expecting someone to do a, you know, a 50-50 or a 60-40 split between you know, forward, mid, uh, then Lloyd does, you know, have similar traits to, to Caddy. Um, you know, the fact he was blowing the, you know, him and Miles were, you know, shooting the lights out for a better term in the VFL last year and, and still couldn't get a sniff in suggests that they're there for extreme backup. And the fact we, you know, Tigger has to come in, I forgot about him, but we've got blokes like Menendu and that floating around that haven't got a game yet. I just wonder whether the coaches are thinking to them as purely backup if all those options are exhausted. Um, yeah, but like for like, it, it's not a, it's not a, an uncommon thing to, to think Lloyd could come in for Caddy for sure. It was mentioned before that Callum Moore he could be another one coming in. Do you see him fitting into the side anytime to, anytime soon, Shadow? Yeah, I think um, as I mentioned before, I think now is probably the best time to bring him in for Caddy. I think we definitely need to give Nick some support in the rock. Um, depends whether they want to bring Miles in or not, or Lloyd. Um, but, yeah, either more Shoal to give Nank that ruck support and forward 
until forward. Yeah, there's definitely going to be some selection headaches this week at the at the match committee room. Um, I'll bef- just about does it for tonight. But before we let you go, we'll, we'll get a tip from both of you in the margin. So, Hank, what do you think the result's going to be, including the margin? Yeah, look, I think it'll be a pretty close contest. Uh, pretty good form at the moment. Um, I do think eventually they will eat goals. I think it'll have a similar pattern to the back end of our year in terms of it'll be a relatively close contest till halfway through the third. But I think weight of numbers uh, and their poor back line will have us running over the top and I'm tipping mm. somewhere around the 27-point mark. I'll be very happy with that if that comes through. And Shadow Thorne, what about yeah. yourself? Yeah, very similar. I'm expecting pretty much the reverse of last week. Um, we'll, I reckon we'll lead for most of the game just by a little bit. Um, maybe get out a few, then the Hawks will bring it close toward the end of the game and we'll kick junk time goals at the end to win by 29. Yeah, I'll take that as well. No, I kind of agree. I think we're going to come out all guns blazing. The players aren't going to be very happy with what they dished up last week against the Crows, so I fully expect the boys to bounce back, but after seeing Hawthorne today, it's not going to be easy by any stretch, so... I think their small forwards are good, but our defence is pretty good in its own right. But I think where the game we won and lost is our forward line getting on top of their defenders. So if we can get enough 450 entries, I think we'll get the job done. Um, but I don't sit here saying that with any confidence. Um, in terms of margin, given what's on the line, I don't really care whether it's 1 point, 10 points. Just as long as we win and the, the trial will end up going for Richmond, that's all I actually care about. But for the sake of it, I'll, I'll say 17 points for the Tigers. Well, that just about does it. Make sure everyone out there listening that you subscribe to us on iTunes and Spreaker, YouTube and all all the other channels. And a reminder, the game is on Sunday the 8th of April at the MCG at 1.10 and is live on Foxtel from 1 o'clock. Shadow Thorne and Hank Heavenly, thanks for coming onto the show, guys. Much appreciated. Thanks for having me. No worries. Until next time, go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Richmond Big Footy Tiger Cast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and YouTube so you can follow all the roast and toast, the reviews and previews, and all topics Richmond. Also keep an ear out for our special episodes of interviews with past players. Go Tigers!